listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to our show, Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Ty Brown from TyTheDogGuy.com. Now, this is the show where we help you start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more income. Now, on today's show, I'm excited. We've got a little bit different format that we're going to do today. But with us today, we've got Dog Pro Bill Church. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com. That's the number 4 K-N-I-N-E-S.com or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series, Tank and Pit Boss, online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo! Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, we're back, and with us today, we've got Bill Church. So first off, thanks for being on the show today, Bill. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Ty. Uh, it's wonderful to be here, man. Cool. So first off, I mean, uh, some people listening are going to know you, but others won't. So give us an intro. Who is Bill Church? What do you do? How long you've been doing it? Where do you do it? Stuff like that. Well, I'm just out of Seattle, Washington, I, about 45 miles north. I'm located in Arlington, and uh, I'm actually, I started my business. Uh, my name is Bill Church, but my dog walking business, I'm referred to as Bow Wow Bill. Okay. And uh, I walk dogs for busy professionals, and um, I've been working with dogs ever since I was a young kid. And I started, when I moved up to Seattle, I was waiting tables. I went to school for finances and was making money, but I wasn't happy. And so I did some soul searching in my life when I was really happy. And it was back when I was a kid working with dogs on my grandpa's ranch. And I, I wanted to do anything possible to make that a reality again. I wanted to work with dogs. And uh, so basically what I did was I took my situation where I was at that present time working in the restaurant and I wanted to kind of reverse engineer how can I make as much money as I am today working this restaurant as I am with this dog. And in other words, to try to get that boat close to the dock so I can get in the boat of my mm -hmm. dreams with, without getting soaking wet. And so I figured a busy night would be, you know, a hundred bucks, 120 bucks. And so I, I figured that would be a, a great place to start. How could I form this dog walking business to make a hundred, 120 bucks a day? Awesome. Awesome. I like that. I like when people reverse engineer, you know, you start with the end in mind. Now, obviously, I'm sure you've gone way above and beyond 100 bucks a day, but that's awesome. And so how long ago was this that you started making the transition? 
Well, it was a, uh, about eight, nine years ago on my 30th birthday where I had this kind of a, a wake-up call. I was like, are you doing, what are you doing here? You know, and the other thing that was a wake-up call is I was taking care of very wealthy people uh, when I was waiting tables. And I would talk to them, build rapport with these people. And I figured the only difference between these people and me was they decided to take action on their dream. And I was done not taking action. And uh, that's why I wanted to figure out how could I make this a reality? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes, I don't even know who said this, so I'm, I'm plagiarizing somebody right now, you know, but someone said, imperfect action will always beat perfect inaction. And so, you know, that's, I think a lot of folks are in the boat that you're in or have been in the same boat that you're in. I know I was too, a little bit earlier, you know, I was in my early twenties when I was kind of in that same boat. But I think a lot of us and the hesitation a lot of people have is, well, let me start, but what if I do it wrong? When in reality, just like starting and just getting, you know, doing something is more right than doing nothing. I mean, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Take action. And that's what I did. You know, I, I looked at these, like I was saying, I reverse engineered where I was at and I wanted to form this business to get me there as quickly as possible to like kind of bridge that gap. And when I first started, man, thank God I had my, my lovely wife and we mm -hmm. did some sacrifices. But I figured, you know what? I got to get six people at $20 a piece. That's 120 bucks. And so I'm going after my friends, my family, and I'm trying to get them all on board. And I'm having some luck, but then it came time to collect payment. And then I found myself chasing these people. I found uh, these people not seeing the value of the service that I was providing. And I, and I found myself spinning my tires. And I, I was like, this isn't what I signed up for. I went back and I was like, look, I need help. I need to make this a success. And where to look was a very important question because there's a lot of people that will tell you exactly what to do with your business, but they don't have anything to show that they know what they're talking about. And so I wanted to find successful entrepreneurs that had a proven track record that have succeeded to the point that I wanted to be, to be a millionaire. And I wanted to hire these people to tell me how to form my business and, and to help me be a success. And so I hired a business coach. Um, at the time, it was a, called One Coach. And I watched the movie. Have you ever seen the movie The Secret? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Yeah. So the gentleman that was on The Secret was in that movie, was one of my business coaches, was John Asaraf, the guy that did the vision boards. And I paid this gentleman a, a nice chunk of money. I mean, I remember when I paid him this, I was like, what are you doing? It just felt so <laughs> foreign to be signing this, you know, few thousand dollar check to this guy to tell me what to do. But I did it anyway. And, and you know, uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show today. And I kind of teased in the beginning that, you know, the format's a little different because normally when I do this show, you know, beforehand, I'm talking with the guests, we're writing out exact questions and we've got bullet points and things like that. But when I was talking to you beforehand, I wanted to leave it more open. I mean, you were talking about coaches, you were talking about ideal clients, you were talking about lifetime value. And so as I was wanting to put together the show, I'm like, shoot, I don't want to like pigeonhole us into a certain like line of questioning. What I want to do is just open up Bill's mind because I think that thing that you did, spending several thousand dollars when you didn't have the money, you know, to hire this coach is pretty phenomenal. Most people don't do that. You know, most people don't invest themselves. They're willing to put 40 grand or 100 grand into a college education, but the idea of giving five grand to a business coach, like you said, seems foreign. How did you mentally prepare yourself to be able to do that? Well, I just took the stance that I'm not where I needed to be and I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
but these guys obviously are where I am not, where I want to be, you know, where they have very successful businesses and beautiful houses and, you know, a very nice uh, lifestyle. And so I just took that observer role and I just let that reaction kind of take the back burner and know mm-hmm. that this is kind of my brain sending doubts, fears, anxieties into my body, but but you're separate from your brain, and your brain has uh, different functions, and when you're aware of those functions, you can use uh, mindfulness to kind of get through that. Does that make sense? Well, to explain that, what do you mean your brain has separate functions? Help me understand what you're going mm-hmm. at there. So your brain's uh, main function is a couple things. One is to keep your body in homeostasis, you know, keep us at 98.6 degrees, regulate different systems, excretory, digestive, heart, lungs, breathing, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that the tool for is it builds what we call our comfort zone. And any behavior, just like we're talking to dog trainers here, we know that any behavior is just a a tangle of neural networks. Mm -hmm. And based on your experiences, based on what you've seen, and and the more that uh, you are experiencing this, the more that these neural networks kind of form like an eight-lane highway. And as soon as you get out of this comfort zone, as soon as you step out of that little box, your brain is going to sound the alarm and flood your body with what we call polypeptides out of the amygdala in our brain and say, "Uh uh-uh, pay attention, doubts, fears, anxieties. And so the whole time you're walking this path, you're going to be doubtful, but you have to walk it anyway. So now if if the brain, and that makes total sense to me as you're explaining that, you know, the brain is there to keep us alive. And in looking through the evolution of the human species, fear is pretty important to keeping humans alive. Doubt is pretty important to keeping humans alive. And so that makes total sense. So when we overcome that, is that rewiring the brain or does that come from a different part of our body? Like how do we rewire well, yeah, absolutely. You're rewiring that brain. You're rewiring that neural network. And, you know, just like with behaviors, when we start to get a concept introduced to an animal, there's going to be confusion, right? That's concepts be infused. And so we're going to have this little period of time where the dog or the person is not going to know exactly what to expect. And so they're going to be treading very carefully. It's like when we go to a, a new class or something in college, the first couple of weeks, we're maybe going to be quiet and sitting there until we get a, a real good understanding of that routine, the people in the class and, and whatnot. And then we build that comfort zone for that area. In mm-hmm. NASA, when they were first putting astronauts up in space, they did a test where they took these inverted lenses and they put it on these astronauts and they wanted to see how long the image would write itself. So these lenses would make you see the world upside down Mm -hmm. and they wanted to see how long it would take the brain to correct it and to put those images back right side up and it took on average 28 to 45 days interesting and so because i've heard that before i've heard the 30 to 45 day rule and so that is that where it comes from do you think yeah yeah the neural network rewiring process and so you're going to have that little month of you know, those doubts, fears, anxieties you know, getting stronger and stronger at the beginning and then dissipating as you experience it and know what to expect. Well, so let me ask you this. Let's say you're talking, well, you are right now, you're talking to dog trainers and pet sitters and dog walkers. And so what you're saying makes complete sense to me. Hopefully it's making sense to everyone else. But the question that now comes to my mind is, let's say we're talking to this dog trainer in, in Minnesota and he's like, all right, I get that, Bill. I get that you know, I need to push through fear and doubt in order to see the results that I need to see. But what about when fear and doubt is right? You know, What about when I have this fear and doubt because the decision I'm about to make is a really stupid one? What do you tell somebody like that? 
Well, listen to your gut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's why we have, I had these coaches mm-hmm. you know, to help me out because a lot of times some of these doubts, fears, anxieties were unsought. Some of them were right on target. And that is the benefit of having kind of a soundboard that you can bounce these ideas off of and find out if you're kind of in the right space. And, you know, a lot of these fears really, really produce some pretty silly fears about your business, like people are going to steal your idea. Even when I first started, I was thinking that my business coach was like, look, man, just do it. People aren't going to steal your idea. The world is full of people that don't act. They have all these ideas, but they won't act on them. Even if they were to steal your idea, they're not going to act on it. You need to act on it. It's very important that that you just keep going forward. And the important thing is, is to work on your business and not just in your business. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that they taught me. And uh, another thing that they taught me is, I mean, just ideal client and that uh, lifetime value was huge. And I want to come back and talk that. Well, actually, what I want to do right now is pick your brain on how to find the right coach. Then I want to go to a break and then want to come back and get into some of the nuts and bolts on that, on lifetime value, ideal client, things like that. So before we go into the break, tell me, I mean, if you're talking to this dog trainer in Minnesota or this pet sitter in Florida and they're like, all right, Bill, you know, I get it, you know, fear and doubt. We've got to push through that, but it's good to have a sounding board. So I do need a coach. How do you recommend them to find a coach? Well, first and foremost, find people that have achieved what you're looking for. That's bottom line is and then talk to them. I mean, there's there's some people out there that are going to, you know, preach that they know exactly how to run a successful business and they've gone bankrupt five or six times. Okay, and that so. could be that could be in industry or out of industry. I mean, you went out of industry. Is that better, worse, or do you have any opinion on that? You know what? I I think it was better. Honestly, because I think that it was kind of that that blue ocean of I was the first dog trainer that these guys ever saw or dog walker, too. And it was and they were excited. They were like, man, this is great. And uh, they first started with with Bow Wow Bill and one of my business coaches, Murray Smith who was uh the he took the brand Indian motorcycles and turned it around and sold it for I think 500 million at the beginning of uh the millennium here and he invented Alternet I believe he sold that to the government for 700 million and so these guys are billionaires that I'm talking to and 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 just to sit there and talk to them and just to observe them and just mm-hmm. to see see what they find important see what they put emphasis on mm-hmm. and just to hang out with these guys was was absolutely amazing Awesome. These are some great mindset, you know, gems that you're giving us. And so I'm always a big guy as far as like I'm big on mindset, but I'm big on nuts and bolts. And so it's it's one way to think the right way and look at these guys and understand this mindset of thinking bigger and all this stuff. It's another thing to have the tools on how to do that and the actual nuts and bolts. So I want to take a quick break. When we come back, that's what I'm going to start to pick your brain about. So stay right with us, folks. We'll be back with Bill Church. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com 
Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friend. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. All right, welcome back. We're with Bill Church, and we're talking about Bill's journey in his business, what he's done, how he's achieved what he's achieved, how he's built the business that he has, which is a successful business. And we're talking about mindset, finding a coach, things like that. So, Bill, let me ask you, what are some things that you've learned from these coaches? One thing you hinted at earlier was lifetime value. Explain that to the folks listening. Man, lifetime value is huge. You have to look at not just the dollar today that you can get from this client. And there's a couple things before we start on that, that there's three ways to make money that you have to realize is that one, you can increase and get more clients. You Mm -hmm. can increase your price of what you're offering, which a lot of clients don't like that. Or you can add more products and services. And that's it. Those three ways. And so, um, the key is is to find these clients that, one, want you, two, see the value that you provide, and three, can afford mm-hmm. your services for a long time because uh, you don't want to always have to be hunting for these clients. So just a quick example of a lifetime value that we can do is look at, so I do a dog walk at $20 a walk, and I have a minimum of two walks a week, so that's $40 for a week. Okay, and then I take Thanksgiving and Christmas out of there. So that's 50 weeks in a year instead of 52. And so Mm -hmm. we have $40 a week times 50. That's $2,000. Okay, and Mm -hmm. so one dog walking twice a week is $2,000 a year. Okay, now when I build rapport and we keep these clients, I want to keep them for 10 years if I can and walking them every day. And right now I have clients that I've had from day one. So seven years ago, I still have these clients. And so, and you got to know that in business, rapport is power. And so you want to build rapport with your clients. You want to get into that heart space, that, that emotional arena. And the good thing about the dog industry is that we're there. And the reason why it's important to be in the emotional arena is that people are 10 times more likely to act based on emotion than they are on pure intellect. Yeah. You know, I, I talk about that a lot with, with our employees. You know, when we're talking about these things, you know, we're trying to sell something, for example, you know, we need to stop talking about, okay, you get three sessions, you get this, you get a training caller, you get that. I mean, that's important stuff for people to know and for people to understand. But what I'm really trying to help them understand is like, this is how you're going to feel when your dog is trained. This is how, right. you know, this is what it's going to feel like when your dog isn't chasing the mailman. This is what it's going to be like and paint this emotional picture And then after that, sure, you get X amount of sessions and X amount of this and X amount of that. And so that's still important. But yeah, I'm with you. I think people buy on emotion so much more than they buy on any sort of like formula or, you know, mathematical equation or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Take advantage of being in the emotional arena. And when you do the sales, I I let the client do 80% of the talking. Mm -hmm. And so just like what you're saying, I don't paint the picture. I let them paint the picture. 
And so I say, okay, let's pretend like you're walking on the beach and you have your dog there. And, and what does it feel like for him to, you just called his name, he whipped his head around and runs right back to you. What does that feel like? I say, give me some emotions tag that you're feeling. And that's what we want. And so we want to visit that. We want them to feel that heart space, that being thankful for having a trained dog. Or, or I tell people too, I don't walk dogs. I sell peace of mind. While you're mm-hmm. at work, your dog is safe and hanging with his buddy. So you, you can have a much more productive day. And if you need me, I'll be there in the evening picking up your dog for the night or, you know, and and that's it. It's just being very creative of taking care of my clients because once you've qualified them and I know that they can afford any service that I provide them, now it's almost like the sky's the limit. I want to take care of these people as much as I can and they appreciate that even more. Mm -hmm. Now, from a nuts and bolts standpoint, I think another piece that's really important to understand here is if you're saying, okay, lifetime value, let's say on average, they're worth $2,000 a year. And due to people moving, dogs dying, people doing this, that, whatever, I keep somebody for two years. And I don't know what yours is, but I'm just throwing out a hypothetical. And so you're saying, okay, my average client is worth $4,000. That kind of lets you know how much you can put into getting them, right? Whether it's advertising dollars or networking time or whatever resources you have to putting in clients, if you know that someone's worth $4,000, you know that you can put in X amount to get them as a client, right? Is that why you've done it? Yeah, absolutely. And it calms you down. Because when you're hungry, when, when you need money, people know it. And it's hard to sell somebody when you're hungry. So you need to calm down. You need to be in a space that you can offer a nice service to these people because guess what? They're professionals and they'll recognize somebody who's professional as well. Yeah. And they charge a premium and they're going to expect to pay a premium. And so realize that as well. When you start to get into these psychographics, that these people kind of live a different world that they are looking to be reflected back to them. Now, you've chosen to go after a market. Now, are you, up in your area, are we talking like Microsoft executives, Amazon executives, oh, yeah. stuff like that? Absolutely. Executives. Uh, my, my ideal client are busy family executives making 250000 plus a year. And uh, it's just kind of that uh, missing link. They have all the best for the kids, uh, their household, and, and now they have the best for their dog. Gotcha. Okay. So let's say... You know, let's say we're talking about your area. You've got that. Now, I think most people in most areas, there's going to be affluent neighborhoods, maybe not as much as, you know, north of Seattle. What do you tell to somebody that's in a different area that doesn't have the same level of affluence as your area? Try to noodle it. Try to get this to a point that you can. I mean, leverage yourself. Do different classes. Do Just be creative. I mean, I, I offered more services at the beginning. I was picking up poop. I was mm-hmm. doing anything I could to make a little extra money. And so you just have to just kind of think about it and to really, really get your area mapped out. And there's a way. And not only that, but we have this technological platform that you can have a storefront to billions of people, literally. Yeah. And so that's another aspect of it is, uh, you know, digital products and utilizing this uh, technology to reach as many people as possible. Awesome. And and I'll tell you, at least from our end, here in Utah, there's, I would say, a decent amount of affluence, probably not on the level that you have, but a decent amount. But we've found, for example, that we can get, you know, higher ticket sales to college kids, to newlywed couples in their first apartment, you know, just playing around with different pricing, like pricing plans and pricing programs and things like that. And so, so I think it's important to understand that, yes, if you've got affluence in your area, Definitely go after it, but that's not an excuse if you're not north of uh, Seattle with Microsoft execs and you're in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, there's still affluence or there's the ability of people to somehow pay affluent prices. Am, am I making sense what I'm trying to say, Bill? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's a way that you can structure your business that you can, you know, hit that price point. You just might need to scale up what you're doing as far as a little less time with that you spend with people or or a little bit more time on on a class setting or, you know, charge more for that one-on-one, but charge what you're worth and and the thing is too is that you know, study the mind of your ideal client. There's a, a author out there called Thomas J. Stanley who studies the mind of the millionaire, and I've read every single one of his books, and it's very telling. And you find out that the average price of a of a millionaire's house is about three hundred thousand dollars. Is that the and millionaire next door? Yep, millionaire next door. The mind of a millionaire. Stop acting rich. Stop acting rich. Start living like a real millionaire. I highly recommend these books because it's going to shed light on a lot of misconceptions that people have about people with wealth and affluence and with the true wealth and affluence. And so you're not marketing to people that are just showing off. And I've, I've experienced this where the economic crisis of 2008, man, I lost about 40% of my clientele because a walking seemed like a frivolous expense. But thank God for my other solid ideal clients. They mm-hmm. kept me afloat, you know. And so just educate yourself as much as possible so you know and uh, knowledge is power. Awesome. So what I want to finish up talking about here is your funnel. When we talk about a sales funnel, you know, we're talking about how to bring in a bunch of people into a concept and then funnel them down until you finally have your customer. And I think you've given us a lot of information on how that occurs. You have to define what a customer is worth to you. You have to define who your customer is. How does your funnel work based on those parameters? All about the obedience class. Okay. So getting a bunch of people together and then upselling the clients that are qualified and just kind of taking them aside and saying, hey, look, we also offer a couple other services. If you'd like, I can swing by a little bit later this week and offer you a complimentary walk. Let's see how your dog does. And, uh, and they're like, okay, let's, why not? You know, but what they don't know is that when I take their dog out on a walk, I'm, I'm also a, a photographer. I love taking pictures. And so I'll take their dog brand new out on the walk and I'll take a beautiful picture of their dog. And then I'll go to a Costco or somewhere and get, because I know that I'm investing in $2,000 here for the year. Mm-hmm. And so I have a little budget maybe, and sometimes I'll spend a couple hundred bucks to get this picture that I've just taken of their dog professionally matted and framed to go with the decor of their house. And then I will drop it off in the house without them seeing it. Yeah. And so I'll kind of sneak it in there. That's pretty clever. And uh, no logos or anything on that. Nothing cheesy like that. Because, man, once they see that, I can't even tell you, three or four times I've had clients call me crying, thanking me for this wonderful gift. And that's the law of reciprocity, too. And not only that, but now anybody that comes into their house, they're going to be like, oh, wow, that's a cool picture of your dog. And they're going to be like, well, let me tell you about Bow Wow Bill. That's why, gosh, it's so important to understand your lifetime value because you're looking at them. You're not saying, ah, shoot, I'm going to charge them 200 bucks next week or 40 bucks next week. Right. You know, how am I ever going to afford to do a $200, you know, thing for them or a $100 thing for them? Well, I mean, if you may not get every client or maybe you do, but. I don't. And at the beginning, it was hard because it was like I was really, really scraping. But I tell you, man, the clients that, like I said, I still have clients from the very first day that I've started. And those are the clients that called me crying. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And so, I mean, the takeaway here is as if you're a dog trainer, pet sitter, dog walker, dog groomer, whatever, how can you apply this? Maybe it's a $200 big gift like you do. Maybe it's a keychain. I don't know. It, I mean, it could be anything that, you know, inspires this law of reciprocity that sends them further into your sales funnel. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once I qualify them, then I offer that. And then I also have a, a ranch out here too. And I'm starting to do the boarding and the training and all that stuff as well. What's crazy, as soon as I start doing the training, some of my 
my clients wanted to fly in their dogs from around the country. That's cool. You know, and so it was just like, it's amazing when you start structuring this that you just never know where it's going to go. You just got to follow your heart and your passion. But at the same time, you really have to use your head. That's cool. Before we finish, any parting words of advice on this topic we've been talking on today? No, just uh, I commend everybody for you know going after their dreams and, and working with animals. We definitely have a, a big problem out there with dogs being put down every year. And that's my passion is to help educate as many people as possible so we, we get these dogs out of the pound and into happy families and live in a very happy life. Gotcha. Awesome. So if someone's curious what you're doing, wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with Bow Wow Bill? My Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash bowwowbills. Uh, bowwowbill.com is my page for scheduling uh, training appointments. And bowwowbill at Gmail is probably the best email to use for me. Awesome. Well, for those listening, I hope uh, you've been able to take away some great nuggets. In the beginning, we were talking a lot about mindset, and then we transfer that into actionable things that you can do in your business. And I hope you've taken notes on things that you can start to do. I recommend you get over to petliferadio.com, hit Six Figure Dog Business, listen to all of our shows and then when you're done listen to other shows because there's a ton of great content on petliferadio.com thanks for listening you want to get in touch with me head over to tiethedogguide.com and we'll talk to you in our next episode let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com